This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast. As we count down the days to the tournament, the play-in games today and tomorrow, the tournament begins on Thursday, and we got a big contest for you with Bet Rivers that we'll give you all the details about. And Go to the app for those. Go to the website for those. Go to BetRiversBracket.com to fill out your bracket and play against me in this year's NCAA tournament. Cash prizes along the way, and the winner will get a personalized message from me. That's BetRiversBracket.com. Dot com. Once again, betriversbracket.com. Good luck. So you can play against me and everybody else. So we'll have some fun with that as we get ready for the tournament. Plus, we will have daily podcasts. So look for them daily. Uh, to, on Wednesday, we'll put up the overall where I'll go through the bracket, give you the sleepers, give you upsets, give you final four, the whole thing. And then daily we will cover each day's action with a podcast that will be up before the action starts. So we will handle it every day of the tournament. We will have a fresh podcast for you. So we will cover it wall to wall and plenty of prizes to win. So go to Bet Rivers for all of your needs and play Sugar House in Connecticut. All right. Mike Francis, a podcast at gmail.com to send your emails. We're still waiting on Aaron Rodgers. You know, everyone's jumping the gun. People were saying yesterday they knew and, Packers came out and said, hey, we haven't even heard from him. So I don't know how you guys know. Nobody knew. So the bottom line is everyone's falling over themselves trying to be first. Who cares who's first? Okay? It's not a secret if he goes to the Jets. Maybe there's a mystery team we don't know. I don't think there is at this point because most of the teams have made moves that have played them out of it. Miami's played themselves out of it because of the moves they've made. Um, The Raiders went and got Garoppolo, so that's over. Um, they said they wouldn't trade him to an NFC team, even if they would at this point. Which team could afford him? It's a very expensive contract that is going to have significant ramifications to your salary cap. So that becomes a big factor here. I don't know what's going to happen. We'll see. It logically goes to the Jets. I badly want him to go to the Jets. Because despite all his baggage and all his nonsense, and all his self-centered, just silliness. The guy is an all-time great, and he has not lost his fastball. And if I'm the Jets and I go out and I have Wilson, and I go out and sign another wide receiver, and I get Hall healthy, and if I'm smart enough, and they're not going to get the Jets' top pick now. There's no way. If the Jets give it the top pick the way this works now, they're nuts because Green Bay is up against it. So there's no way you give up the top pick. With that top pick, I know a lot of people think, oh, Jets got drafted offensive lineman. Hey, I drafted Notre Dame tight end with Rodgers. Oh, my God. He is going to be a star. I mean, that is perfect. Absolutely. Last year I said Gardner was the guy to get. This year it's him. It's Meyer from Notre Dame, the guy to get. And they could get him where they pick. And if they do with Rodgers, oh, and Hall and Wilson, oh, my God. 
it'll be amazing to watch them. Absolutely amazing. So I'm hoping it happens. All right, Joe emails, I'm struggling to understand why multiple uh, at-large bid teams from the Big Ten were all such easy choices for the committee. Each of them has at least north of 12 losses. All right. They base it on quad one and two. Some of these teams, like Illinois, had horrific quad one records. They were two and eleven in quad one. Illinois, while Rutgers, let's say, was four and seven. Rutgers didn't get in because of the injury. That's the reason they didn't get in. It wasn't fair. It was not fair because they played some good games even with the injury. They didn't play as well, but they or as consistently, but they still played some good games. They deserved to be in the tournament. I fully believe that. But Illinois was seven and zero in quad two. Okay, um, West Virginia was six and thirteen quad one. Michigan was state was uh, five and twelve, five and nine in quad one. They have a great history though, and a great tournament coach. As a matter of fact, if you go by the idea of moving your team above their seed, where this seed wins this game, this seed win should win no games. This seed should win one game. This seed should performance above seed. Izzo is as good a coach as has ever coached in the NCAA tournament. So you have to take that into account. He doesn't embarrass himself ever in the NCAA tournament. And Maryland, I think Maryland belonged. I think Iowa, Iowa's schizophrenic because they don't play defense and they are great shooters, so they have great games and they'll blow somebody's doors off like in Indiana. Uh, and then next game, they'll get beat by somebody they shouldn't get beat by. But that's Iowa. Iowa is a shooter team. That's it. They're good when, they're, when the ball drops. They're bad when the ball doesn't drop. Illinois is another team, schizophrenic, very schizophrenic. Maryland's a legitimate team. I think Michigan State's a legitimate team, too. Uh, but I thought Rutgers should get in. Mike and Woodcliffe Lakes, what are your thoughts about Rutgers? Okay, I, th- I think I covered that. They should have been in the tournament. Case closed, should have been in the tournament. The chairman said we address injuries and we look at teams as they are now. That's how we see them that way. And we'll ignore a certain loss. for the Like they ignored the Houston loss to Memphis because Sasser was out. And they think he's going to be back. If the injury is permanent, like UCLA. Uh, listen, I think if UCLA didn't lose both guys last week, they would have beaten Arizona. They would have been a one seed. Uh, it didn't happen. What are you going to do? Injuries matter. Like Miami, it's hard to pick Miami right now. Or, or go, you know, if if they don't are in a full strength, they're going to be hurt because their their one guy who has size is hurt. He's got an ankle. But Rutgers, to sum that up, belonged in the tournament. They're playing Hofstra in the uh, NIT. How about? Villanova playing at Liberty. You know, Liberty is going to be going crazy to have Villanova playing in their place. And believe it or not, Liberty's favored. You know why? Because they don't think Villanova cares. And you know what? I don't think they do either. I don't even think Villanova wanted to go. I think they went because they had a first-year coach. Carolina didn't go. Villanova's another team that probably should have stayed home. But they decided to go. But it could be a short stay. I don't know if they're even going to. See, what you don't know in the NIT is you don't know if the team's going to try. Like, I expect a team like Colorado and the NIT to try. I don't know if Villanova's going to try. I really don't. Doug emails. Why do you think the Yankees didn't re-assign, re-sign uh, Benatendi? Thought he was a good fit. What do you think? I would have liked Benatendi a lot more if he was dedicated to pull the ball, which he 
was hot and cold about. I think he should have come to Yankee Stadium and realized, hey, I can do a lot of damage making contact in this ballpark. I can really be a serious threat. And I, I was hoping that he would do that. I think I think the Yankees were hot and cold on Benintendi. I think the Benintendi was hot and cold in the Yankees. So I, I don't think it was a perfect fit. Stephen Roxbury, uh, Julius Randle has had a good season, right? But it's proven again and again that he doesn't handle the final minutes of a basketball game. Well, no, he doesn't. He's not a good uh, uh, close and late player. He is a bad close and late player. Um, why do you think Brunson, Barrett, quickly? We'll stop right there. First of all, if Brunson's there, this is now his team late in the games. But he's not there right now. Then it's going to be Randall. That's all you're going to do. It. Uh, Barrett is not earned that yet. Quickly has not earned that yet. Um, are they better options than Randall late? Yeah, anybody is. He's terrible. But it's Brunson. Now, Knicks are playing Portland tonight. They're then off till Saturday afternoon against Denver. If he has any issues with the ankle, I wouldn't play him tonight. That way he'll have had a full week off, more than a week off before he plays Saturday. That's a smart way to go with, with Brunson. I would hope that's the case, that they only play him tonight if he's 100%. If he's not 100%, give him the days off and let him rest all the way up to Saturday, and then he can come back full ball. David emails, what's your take on Namath allowing Rodgers to wear 12 if he comes to the Jets? Should Rodgers respectfully decline? Um, the answer is it shows you everything you need to know about Joe Namath, how, what a good guy he is. And if you've ever met Joe Namath, um, and I'm telling you, I know people, Joe has a very successful restaurant down in Florida, down in Jupiter. If you meet Joe in a restaurant, He'll be the nicest guy in the world here. Not, he's not as nice to people he knows. He's nice to everybody. And for someone who's been a huge star for so long in his life, it's really remarkable that he's that gracious, and he is. He's very gracious. And give him credit for that. And I think he's serious about it, and I would like Rogers to wear 12, because to me there's something symmetrical to the idea of Namath taking the Jets to the championship, wearing 12, and now it's been 50 years and another great quarterback comes to the Jets maybe and would wear 12. I like it. I like the symmetry. I like the whole thing. And Namath's really serious about it. So if I'm Rodgers, I do it. If he comes, I hope he wears 12. I just hope he comes. I don't care what number he wears. I just hope he comes because I think it's going to be fun if he comes. Eric in West Hartford said, who is the best big game college basketball coach of all time? If I had one game to win for my life in their prime, 100% in their prime as a coach, in one game setting, I got to prepare for a day and then play the game, I'm going to pick Bob Knight. Knight's not everybody's day at the beach. He's a pain in the neck. He's incredibly demanding. He's got a bad temper. Okay, but I thought when he got his teams to a certain level, they were unbeatable. They, to me, were, that was it. They were unbeatable. And I I think that's what you saw. I think there's been a lot of guys. You know, you're going to always come up with Knight. Now, Wooden had such great players. You've got to remember, Wooden won 10 championships in 11 years, but he won five of them with Jabbar and Walton. I mean, those guys were so good, it was scary. 
So he had great, great players. I'm not knocking the wizard. I'm not. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. Be silly. Krzyzewski, okay? Uh, Calhoun was a great big game coach. Great one. But I'm telling you, if I had one game and a gun to my head, I'd pick Knight. Scott emails with Rick Patino being rumored for numerous jobs. Uh, which one do you see as a better fit, Georgetown or St. John's? Well, I haven't talked to Rick. I mean, I, I know Rick very well. Rick and I have owned horses together, along with our other partner, Lee Einsleider from uh, Casamigas Tequila, who is my partner on every horse. Uh, we have had Rick as our partner on a couple of horses. Uh, he's been with us. I'm not overly close to Rick, although I've known him 50 years or 40 years. Uh, but, I mean, we, we can sit and laugh and joke and everything, but, I mean, we don't hang out together. I see him a lot at Saratoga. We all hang out together at Saratoga because we all, all are in the horse business. Um, he plays a lot of golf at uh, Wingfoot with Chris Mara. Um, I would think there wouldn't be much. I would think St. John's and Georgetown would be kind of a flip of a coin. I think he can get what he needs out of either program. So I don't think there's any huge advantage one way or the other. And then if Texas Tech, as I hear, is involved, they're going to be the one that's going to offer the most money because they have the kind of uh, program and the kind of backers who can afford the money where St. John's and Georgetown pro- – I don't know about Georgetown. St. John's doesn't have that kind of money. I don't know if Georgetown does. I, I'm, not, I'm not tied into their – alumni so i don't know if there's some alumni who's willing to put up the money that's not the case at st john's i don't know if it's the case at georgetown it definitely is the case at texas tech now do you want to live in lubbock texas i guess for enough money you would that's a very good league to play in so is the big east a very good league to play in both leagues would be highly competitive for rick he could win championships out of either league when he built the team up um St. John's, Georgetown, they both get to play in big arenas. They both are a little limited as far as their campus. They're not going to knock anybody over with their campus facilities. Um, I think they're about even. I really do. I think it's about what Rick wants. And I think money's going to play a factor like it always does. So, uh, And there even could be a fourth team that comes into it. Who knows? You know, there's no question that now that he's been cleared by the NCA, there's no question that Rick Pitino, even though he's going to be 71 before he coaches next year. Okay. And I say he's a surprise 71, but even though he's going to be 71, I think that um, you have to remember he is one of what does he have baggage? Absolutely. Has he made a bunch of mistakes? Yes, he has. He is without question. One of the great, program builders and coaches of all time. There's no disputing that part. Very few guys. If you've ever heard Rick at a clinic, if you've ever heard Rick, you know, teaching, I mean, Rick is a brilliant basketball coach. No one, no one disputes that. I don't know. any. Even his most bitter enemy doesn't dispute that. So you're getting a top guy. He is a top guy and he will try to win. He will do everything in his power to win. 
Would Rogers, Daniel asked, would Rogers have the leverage to demand Salah be fired if he goes to the Jets? No, I don't think he comes here with that. I, nor do I think he's looking for that. I, I don't think he's worried about that. I mean, Salah's not going to come in. They brought Hackett in to track uh, Rogers. If Rogers is here, they're going to let him do whatever he wants with the offense. If he goes into a room and he says, I want to do this with the offense, they're not going to say no. They're going to say, hey, we're here to make you comfortable and for you to get the ball in the end zone. That's all we ask of you is lead us, lead the offense, abide by the simple rules we have as a team, and get the ball in the end zone. Case closed. No one's going to put pressure on a quarterback of that ilk. He's a great quarterback. He's an all-time quarterback. Bill in Rhode Island, Ed Cooley has done a very good job of Providence. I agree. Do you see him beating out Patino for Georgetown, assuming Cooley wants it? Um, Cooley's been in play the last two years. He almost left Providence last year. He had a couple of offers, and he decided to stay. I'm sure he will have a couple of offers. Cooley's one of the guys who's upwardly mobile right now. So is the Penn State coach upwardly mobile right now. Um, Rick is obviously going to move from Iona right now. Um, so he's now he's a little different situation because he's already a legendary coach. Uh, and he's 71 years old. Uh, so that's a different situation. But I think Cooley could definitely get a job if he wants. Or he might wind up staying in Providence. Um, he could do either. I recently came across an interview between Larry King and Bob Knight from 2000, which was fascinating. But it got me thinking, could Knight coach today? No. It would be very hard for him to coach today. It would be very hard for Mike Ditka to coach today. It would be harder for Bill Parcells to coach today because they were coaches from a different era. They were coaches when the coach had a tremendous amount. You could throw a Greg Marshall, who did such a brilliant job at Wichita State. Can he coach today? Because he's very demanding on his players. Knight was very demanding on his players. It's a different era now. The players don't want that kind of coaching. They don't want to be... They want a coach to be a player's coach with not a lot of rules. And that's okay. You know, that's okay if you have the right players and they buy in. But not every team is going to have those players. But it's going to be hard to coach that way these days. It's just the world has changed. It has changed now. And the, the players expect different things from the coaches now. And there's some things they won't take. And they won't take a lot of the abuse that those guys used to deal and used to, you know, dole out very, very much on a daily basis. That was the way they coached. They coached by being incredibly demanding. You go back and watch. I'll give you something to watch, okay? Go watch this show called Perfect in 76. It's a showtime about the Indiana basketball team, the last undefeated team. They show it all the time, and they'll show it here in March again because of them being the last team to go undefeated and win a championship in the NCAA in 1976. 
And you hear Knight talk about, or the players talk about how Knight would say, hey, we would win a game in the Big Ten by 20, and I would rip my team from pillar to post. He said, you would have thought that they lost. If you heard this for the first time, you would have thought they lost by 20. He said, that's how I demanded them. That's what I demanded from them. And he admitted it's some of it sounded crazy. I mean, they're winning games by huge margins, and he's burying them. He said, because that's, that's what he had to do. He felt to get them to be there and get the performance to that level on every single game. Which they did. And those guys know, they know when to push the button, when to be hard on their team, and when their team needs love. They do know that. They do know what they not to get on their team. But if you watch that and hear the things that went on for that team, and it's really about two years because, you know, they were a great team. And Knight will tell you they were a better team the year before. And what happened is Scott May got hurt and they lost to Kentucky by two points in the regional final. The worst loss of his life. And Knight blames himself because he split up the backcourt of Buckner and Wilkerson because of the injury. And he says, I split up the best defensive backcourt in the history of the sport. It was the biggest mistake I ever made. And it cost them defensively in the game against Kentucky. Kentucky beat on their defense and beat them 92-90. to And But it motivated them the next year every single game. Till they were, till they were losing at half to Michigan in the final game. They played Michigan in the final game and they will lose. And Michigan had given them a hard time. You know, it had given them better than just about anybody in the country. Mavac St. John's played them very well in the holiday festival that year in December and had them down at one point until they got real hot in the second half and Benson took them apart. But they play, St. John's played them great that year at the Garden in December. Uh, one of the few games they were you know, anybody was competitive with them. But Michigan was competitive with them. And Michigan led them at halftime. And then they played... As Knight said, the most perfect half of basketball that anybody has ever played at a Final Four. In their championship second half, it's considered to be as fine a half of basketball. You can find a couple of UCLA halves that were close, but you, you, Knight would tell you it was the finest half of basketball anybody ever played uh, in their second half of that championship game as they went on to the championship over Michigan and the undefeated season. But it's a different world now. It really is. Players will not accept certain things from coaching anymore. Do you think Steve Kerr is an all-time coach or just the product of all-time players? I think, you know what? I think he's done a very good job. And all you can do, it's all Phil Jackson could do, all Kerr can do is, is meld the players you have into a championship team. If you do that, 
That's what Riley did with the Lakers. That's what Jackson did with the Bulls. That's what uh, Kerr has done with the Warriors. That's all you can do. If you do that, the spoils are yours. We'd love to hear your assessment of what happened with the Silicon Valley Bank and the impact it has on the banking industry and the overall stock market. Well, the stock market is only going to reflect anything that deals with inflation. That's all that it's involved in right now. Now, the government stepped in very quickly to backstop everything, to say that they would back everything. So nobody was going to lose any money. Nobody who deposited any money was going to lose any money. They put in the backstop immediately. So the president stepping up and doing that, as he did yesterday, quelled any fears anybody had. So you didn't get the reaction on Wall Street that you might have gotten if he hadn't done that. Uh, as to why they went down that road, I'm not a banking guy. And uh, it has to do with making risky loans and you know what, how you collateralize those loans and what you get away with. And they had a lot of venture capital money out. So that's pretty much what that was about. Um, you'd have to get a banking expert on for that one. I can't do it. But the market's only going to react right now. If the any day the market gets any information that the inflation is being slowed, the market goes up because they think then interest rates will go down. If interest rates, if the inflation is still running rampant, they think the interest rates are going to go higher. If the interest rates go higher, the market goes lower. Case closed. It's as simple as that. And it's going to stay that way. And as soon as there's any, you know, as soon as they get or whenever they do get inflation under control, then the market will go up substantially. Um, Lamar Jackson reminds me, this is David, uh, reminds me of a modern day Randall Cunningham. Great raw talent. Something seems to be missing. Do you agree? It's a tricky guy to coach. And I think that's what you're getting to. I have a hard time putting all my eggs in the basket and the money he's asking for is outrageous. So I would not be interested in the money he's asking for. He's asking for $250 million, all guaranteed. Um, 50 million a year, all guaranteed. Uh, That is a hellish contract for a, uh, even in five years, it's a hellish contract for uh, a uh, salary cap. Um, I worry about, and I've said this to you many times, I worry about a big-time quarterback making a lot of money who is reliant on his legs as he gets older. I think they get hurt too much. I'm worried about them getting hurt. And that scares me about any of the guys who are reliant on their legs first, and he is. And if you notice, in games where... It's about him and about a defense stopping him in the playoffs. They have not had, he has not had the success that he has in the regular season because the regular season, they are not going to develop a defense to stop him the way they are in the postseason. In postseason, they're going to change things up dramatically to just take away what his strengths are. And they've had a good habit of doing it in the postseason. So I would not be one to give him that much money. Rogers is a different case. I understand Rogers is getting older. He is older. He might have a couple more years left in him if he's having fun than you think. So the idea that this might just be a one or two year experiment with the Jets 
might turn out to be a four or five year thing by the time it's over because you just don't know he might have a ball here. If you get a chance, the Jets have a defense right now that can win big. They have a roster of players that is close to being at the top of the sport. If they can get a quarterback who can play on that level, anything is possible. That's why you have to do this. If you can do it, and I don't know what Rodgers wants. I have no idea. He hasn't called. So I really don't know what he wants. But if you can get him here, you do it. Remember, we got all kinds of stuff coming up as we uh, head towards the tournament, which I love. I love the tournament. Okay, I always have. I love the wall-to-wall action. I love it. Uh, you know, for the next three weeks, I will be immersed in it. I love it. And then by then, this bad weather in New York. And the weather in New York has been so terrible the last two weeks. Yeah, you just don't complain. You know, it was warmer in February. But, hey, sooner or later, we're going to be able to get on the golf course here on a daily basis. The sun's going to shine. We're going to be out playing golf. It's going to come very soon. By, hopefully, by the time this tournament's over, we start to get that. And that's what I'm hoping for. So these next couple of days, I don't care. Let it be 30 degrees and rainy. I got basketball all day. But after that, I need to see some sunshine. But enjoy. We're going to be wall-to-wall coverage. You got contests to win. So just go to Bet Rivers and check it all out, okay? Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan, and you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli Podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.